Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. March 18th, 2021. Celebrating awkward and stealing art. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily podcast. Or, it might be part of a double-blind study conducted by the CIA, effectively an extension of old mind control studies like MKUltra. If you don't like it, please continue to listen anyway, so that our data gathering is not compromised. Hello. And good day. Happy hangover day. It is not. It's it's post Patty's day. Post Patty's day. It's March eighteenth. Yeah, it is. And that's a number on the end of a month, right? Getting there. Not the end of the month. Oh. I said that's a number on the end of a month. Okay. Isn't it? Yes. Eighteen behind the month of March. Yeah. I feel like we lost each other. We've lost deeply. Each, we've there. lost the thread already. Anyway. We're doing good. Perhaps it was appropriate and unplanned because it is National Awkward Moments Day. It's my favorite day of the year. It's a good day. It is a day dedicated to the celebration of emotional discomfort. Lean into it. Embrace it. Live it. Have you ever found yourself underdressed for an occasion? Certainly. How about overdressed? Not often, honestly. But, but you have. I can imagine in my mind what yeah. that would be like. Have you ever fumbled your words and accidentally said something odd or inappropriate? Daily. Have you ever been the victim of text message autocorrect? Literally every hour of the day. Or texting a message intimate to the wrong person, perhaps. Also done that. Yep. Well, this is the day for celebrating those things. Good. Appreciate that awkwardness is a result of self-consciousness, which is, in turn, an important part of being a human being. Indeed. Know that when you're quite sure that the whole world is staring at you, it's a very small percentage because everyone else is concerned that the whole world's staring at them. That's right. If uh, you happen to be facing a, a situation where you're avoiding doing something new out of fear, of looking awkward, doing it wrong, all of these things, know that the greatest regret you will likely ever have will be for the things that you did not try. Okay. So embrace the awkward. Celebrate the day. Be bold in your awkwardness. All right. 
all you awkward turtles out there. Yeah. Celebrate. I actually really do appreciate that this is a day. Yeah. I embrace my awkwardness. I'm perpetually awkward. I can't even tell you how many awkward things I've done probably just in the past week. Well, you married Kyle. That's one thing that was really awkward. That's awkward. Your whole family still looks at you and shakes their head in disgust. Cringe. Yeah. Cringe is a great word. It is a, it is a great word. Hey, if it's your birthday today... It's not, but please go ahead. You do share it with actress, rapper, singer-songwriter, record producer, TV personality, and author, Queen Latifah. I knew it wasn't Oprah when you said rapper. Yeah, rapper is the... And singer-songwriter. I don't know if Oprah's ever written a song. She has. She has not shared it with more than her tightest of inner circles, of which I'm part of. Okay, good. So I heard it. I was one of the top encouragers to say, hey, it's great you did it. It should stay here, though. You tried to savor the awkwardness of doing that. Well, it was awkward enough within the group. Yeah. Uh, one, You're one, on a group text with Oprah. One woman vomited. I'm, <laughs> I am. It's an infuriating, There's all the messages of, that come through. Yeah, that's the one you had to silence. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, also today, birthday babies out there, you share it with one of the most successful American women in Olympic history, speed skater, Bonnie Blair. Bonnie Blair, I believe, born in 1960. So, oh, look at you. unless you got a few years on you, you may not uh, find familiarity in the name. Okay. I know who that is. Well, you got a few I'm, years on you. Oh, yes, I sure do. You walked into it. Hey, you've, you've spun us a whole tale for today. I have. I've probably plagiarized a lot of this, and I'm not ashamed of that. But there's one big story for the day. One big story. I don't know if it's like a buckle up situation. No, yeah. you know what it is? It's a brew a cup of tea. Yeah. Grab your favorite blanket. Settle in on your favorite corner of the sofa. Elevate your feet. Yeah. Put your feet up. We've got a little tale to Light tell. Light a cigarette. Tell the kids to shut up and get the hell out. That's If hard. that's what you do. That's how we were raised. That's, yeah. I would, side You note. ever had a lit cigarette flicked at you? <laughs> Neither have I. Side note, uh, one of our children, I shall not betray the name of who it was, uh, was having a bit of an emotional fall mm, apart earlier. Yes, understatement, yes. Kyle is far better than I at not uh, coddling. Getting sucked in. Yeah, yeah, getting sucked in. I go back and forth. I was already annoyed with this child, but then I felt like the need to molly coddle a little bit there's that word again it's a good word but it didn't make me remember that you and i were raised by parents of a generation when we had a little emotional fall apart this is literally what my mother would tell me literally to the word when i was having a, a little crying spell dry it up or go to bed nice <laughs> nice so you spend a lot of time in bed Yes. Okay. And then I would get up and look in the mirror at how green my eyes get when I cry. Yeah. How yeah. Very, it's the redness around the eye. It makes the green really pop. Cry rehearsal is important yes. because nobody wants to be guilty of the ugly cry. Well, it's true. Speaking of awkward, right? Yeah. The ugly cry. Yeah. But I would get up and look in the mirror and think about how wretched my life was. Mm hmm So anyway, our story today, not wretched, very exciting. I hope you have your cup of tea by now. Here we go. In Boston, Massachusetts. You did it. Also, was it Jesse Lee or Shell who linked in the group to Massachusetts? I think it was Shell. Shell, no. 
Jesse Lee did the Massachusetts video. Oh, she did? Okay. Shell did the Oregon or Oregon or however you say it. I, I paid attention, but it just didn't sink in. I didn't like that. But you did watch the Massachusetts video. Yeah, it was a time investment. It was worth it. Was it was worth it. It was highly hilarious. Well, here we are in Boston, Massachusetts. In exists there the Isabel Stewart Gardner Museum. Now, yes. Museum was not part of her name. Yeah. It's a museum. Yes. Her name was the other three words. Right. Now, Isabella, for whom the museum is named, lived from 1840 to 1924. Mm -hmm. The museum was constructed under her guidance to house her personal art collection. The museum opened in 1903, and she continued to expand and arrange the collection until her passing in 1924. I feel like this is the beginning of a ghost story. It could be. That might come back into play in a little bit. We'll see. She left behind, when she passed away, a $3.6 million endowment, not a small chunk of change in the, uh, in the 1920s. 1920s. Yeah. yeah. The endowment for the museum's upkeep, stipulating that the arrangement of the art should not be altered, no items should be added to or removed from the collection. Again, I feel like this is the perfect setup for a great ghost story. She basically was like, I'm Snow White, put me in the glass coffin, and screw off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's There's right. a little bit of that attitude, I feel like. I could be wrong. Perhaps she was the kindest person ever, but just realized a lot of people are idiots and could screw this up. I don't know. That's a gracious way to look at it. I was going to say maybe she's a little bit of a control freak. It's possible. You never know. Do not change. Do not cross. <laughs> Do not cross this line with your art. In the 1980s, unfortunately, she had a bad financial advisor. Well, her estate did. Yeah. Um, the funds in the endowment were running low. Oh, it's a shame. Museum, not in great condition. No climate control system. And it was haunted. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, no insurance. That's a problem. The building was in need of much basic maintenance. I mean, seriously, like from the 1920s into the 1980s, you got to do some upkeep, my friend. Something, something more than what happened anyway. Yes. So 1982, the FBI uncovers a plot mm. by local criminals. A plot, you say? A plot, I say. They planned on robbing the museum. And at that point, because, of course, the FBI foiled it, um, funds were allocated to improve security. The upgrade was 60 infrared motion detectors, mm. a closed circuit television system, and four cameras. What year was this? 1982? Yep. That's a little bit high tech for Ish. the year. The infrared motion detectors especially, I feel like that was pretty cutting edge in 1982. Perhaps. Perhaps. I don't know. I was not robbing and stealing in the 80s. I did a little Not before, yet. quite a bit after, mm -hmm. but I wasn't I wasn't active in the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that's when I met you and decided to clean my act up. Yeah, when we were children. Yes. Okay. I saw you from afar and I knew. Of course, you can get As soon as she's 17. That's creepy. So um, Yeah. The, the, by the way, to include this fact, it's not unimportant. The four cameras uh -huh. uh, that were installed, yes. only four, were only on the outside of the building. Oh. It was a concern over the additional cost, mm -mm -mm. so they opted out of, of cameras inside. No. Now, additionally, they did hire more security guards, um, and 
In the event that the police were required, a button was installed. Everyone needs a police button. A button was installed at the security desk. Which could summon them. Yeah. The police. Yeah, you can't just yell at the button, though. You got to actually push the button, I, as I understand it. Again, look, we're going to see how maybe some things fell apart security-wise in a few years, but I feel like they were doing the best they could. I do wish they would have put some security cameras inside the building, but it was the 80s. Ifs and buts were candy and nuts. We'd all have a Merry Christmas or however that goes. I don't know. It always pissed me off when my dad would say that. Your dad loved to say oh, that. He, he loved to agitate. And then just when you really wanted to be violently angry at him, he'd laugh like a jackass. <laughs> and it was a contagious laugh and you'd be angry and laughing at the same time. It was... You just were like, darn. It's so true. Okay, well, in 1988, an independent security consultant reviewed their system. They graded out more or less on par with other museums, um, but there were some areas they said, hey, you guys are going to have to fix this up. You yeah. need some improvements. You got to take the cameras out of the toilet areas. Can't do that. <laughs> It's dicey in the legal realm to have cameras yep. in the toilet areas. Yep, get off your lazy ass and go peep through the stalled crack <laughs> like, like the every other person. <laughs> now, the security director at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston, he also, I'm, I presumed it was a man. Maybe it was a woman. I believe it was a man. How patriarchal of me. Um, well, you are the patriarchy and the matriarchy. I have You've basically things. married yourself and made archy babies. Well, that director did echo these recommendations. Now, as things go, the museum's ongoing financial strain, coupled with Madame Isabella's wishes against major renovations, or she would haunt the shit out of it. That's right. The board of trustees said no. No. Maybe even damn no. I they, don't know. They damn noted. it. Yeah. Then even further, they denied a request from the security director for higher guard salaries to attract more qualified applicants for the job. Yes, sidebar Yeah. from the story. Okay. We recently had some conversations about... I, the point I very ineffectively most likely was trying to make is that capital markets left free markets, mm. left unmanipulated. They take care of themselves. Yes. So... You're not going to pay. They were making, according to what I read earlier, they were only offering roughly what minimum wage was for these jobs. To be a security guard? To be guard? a security guard at the With major Isabella armor? something or other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. That's how it should be. You should only get, as an employer, what you pay for. Mm -hmm. And that's what they got. Well, here we go, because this is where it takes a real turn. It does. In the early hours of March 18th, 1990, a handful, which seems like an odd way to describe a group of people. I've never met a group of people that would fit in my hand, and I've looked diligently. Mm. But a handful of St. Patrick's Day revelers. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning. They were leaving a nearby party reportedly saw two police officers near the side entrance of the museum. Suspicious. Or as the kids would say today, sus. sus. The museum guards on duty that night because this is what you get when you pay minimum wage for your security guards were Rick Ab Abath, who was 23, and Randy Hestand, who was 25. Now, Rick was a regular. It was Randy's first night on the job. Mm. 
policy was that one guard with flashlight and walkie-talkie, just like on the damn movies, would patrol the galleries while the other would sit at the security desk right near the button that you yell at to get the police to come. Right. Or more favorably, you would push the button if you needed them. Okay. I think the plan was that the guy with the walkie-talkie could maybe eke out in his dying breath a call for help. Right. The guy at the desk would punch the button. It makes sense as plans go. We lost a guard, but we saved the art. Well, or... He was only 23. Yeah. He'd contributed nothing to life thus far. That was their perspective, not mine. Uh, yes. Okay, well, the veteran, Rick... Now, he's the veteran. He is the younger of these two at 23. Yeah, the veteran 23-year-old. A mere few years older than our oldest child. Yeah. He was Rick... He's the first on patrol. Now, during this time, fire alarms sounded in several different rooms. Not detecting any fire or smoke, he went to the fire alarm control panel. It indicated smoke in several rooms, but, you know, it's an old system, and yeah. maybe it was a malfunction. He shut down the panel. Also, never forget, it's haunted. <laughs> you keep saying that. That's not actually part of the story. People are going to be really confused and let down at the end, so... But feel free. I want this story to involve the ghost of Isabella Gardner. Who knows? It so, might. Yes. I'm inserting her ghost back into the narrative. No, but seriously, the, the part about the smoke alarms going off, that's true. They, they were going off. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing to indicate that there was a fire. He went to places. He looked and sniffed. And yeah. Might have scratched and sniffed, but he definitely looked and sniffed. He used his flashlight to look around to see if there's yeah. any smoke. Freeze! Smoke. Not the police! Uh, so he just went ahead and went back on patrol, having shut down the panel for the smoke alarms. But before completing his rounds, he made a quick stop at the side entrance, briefly mm -hmm. opening the side door and shutting it again. <coughs> that was good. That yeah. was much better. <laughs> uh, he did not bother to tell his compatriot in this uh, Randy. What the hell does Randy know? You only been here five minutes, Randy. It's your first night. If that Randy. even is your real name. Mind your business, Randy. Right? I Just sit by the button. Randy. Randy, you jackass. Rick returned to the desk around one o'clock in the morning. Randy began his rounds. Trading it off. Here, Randy, take the flashlight and the walkie. Randy. Because they shorten it to walkie. Oh. That's industry speak. It's industry speak. Yes. So we've got now thieves in the museum, except they look like police. Mm. They approach Rick at the security desk. Now, I know what you're thinking. Rick opened and closed the door. He let them in. But that's not how it plays out. Oh. They approach Rick at the security desk. They ask him, hey, is, are you the only one here? He's like, nah, dipshit Randy is out there trying to talk into the wrong side of the walkie-talkie. And they're like, well, call him in and bring him in. And... He does, and then Rick looks over and he notices that the taller of the two faux officers, his mustache looks fake. <gasps> but before he can really begin to process this, the, yeah. the shorter of the two fake officers told Rick, Hey, you look familiar. We might have a warrant out for your arrest. Come over here and show me some ID. Mm. So, Rick, at 23... He complies, mm. which put distance between him and the super secret button that responds to touch instead of voice. <laughs> Randy shows up about this time, and the two guards are both handcuffed. The thieves then informed them, like every 
villain in a movie that you've ever seen, the thieves take the time to inform them of their intentions to rob the museum, encouraging the guards to not cause problems. This is hilarious. Can you imagine you're Randy? This is your first damn night on the job. You think it's going to be like, right. who cares, ho-hum, this old boring, this old lady's boring museum. Maybe it's haunted, but maybe mostly just walk around in the middle of the night. He right. walks in on this scene. Is this, this a scene. test? Is it a fire drill? Right. What, what's happening? He walks in on this scene. First night on the job. Damn it. Right. We're getting robbed. We're getting robbed, and I can't even figure out which side of the walkie-talkie to yell into. <laughs> Let alone which button to push. The buttons. There's buttons everywhere. <laughs> Poor Rick and Randy, man. Well, things are about to get worse for them because the uh, the thieves applied duct tape mm -hmm. around the, wrapped it around their heads and around their eyes. Yeah, not like their whole head encased in a cocoon <laughs> of duct tape. Just, I think they wrapped it around their head to wrap it around their eyes is Look, what was done. Regardless, that's that's needlessly well, painful. Well, it hurts like shit when you take it off. Yeah, it does. If you don't believe me, try it. You wonder why I don't have any hair? Yeah, I was there. I was I was Randy. <laughs> Too much duct tape experimenting. You lost all your hair. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, so the duct tape that wrapped and the around. The candle incident. That's well, another story. Yeah. Uh, they were then led to the basement of the Alamo. No, wait, of the museum. Of the museum, yes. The Alamo was down the street. Yes, where they were handcuffed to a steam pipe and a workbench. Like Austin, a good... Austin. Austin. Huh? Anybody Boston. seeing the connection here? Austin and Boston, yeah. except the Alamo is I know, it's in not San Antonio. <laughs> I know. Wait, listen, Rick and Randy, they're handcuffed to the steam pipe and a workbench like a good old-fashioned yeah. heist movie. Not each one to life. both, but one to each. Yes. Now, the thieves somehow, interestingly, required no directions to find the basement. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's easier to find there than it is at the Alamo. Indeed. Next, the Gallets. The gullets. What the gullets? The <laughs> is a gullet? It's literally not Next, the gullets were perfunctalacities. <laughs> I don't know where that went. That was so awkward. Will you edit it out? No, nope, you will I sure won't. Okay. Well, next, the guards' wallets. Yes. I got so excited because yes. I was like, why? Why did they examine the guards wallets? Guards' wallets are called gullets. By gullet? The guards' wallets were examined. Now, the thieves... Use that old classic, now we know where you live, see? You're not going to catch us, coppers. That's right. Tell the authorities nothing, and in about a year, give or take, you're going to get a reward. You can trust us. You can trust us. We dressed up like fake cops. Just, fake cops with a fake you. mustache. That took extra effort. Yes. So the thieves then, they paused briefly, and we know this because of... The infrared sensors Ooh. that were recording data to mm -hmm. hard drives. Mm -hmm. They evidently paused outside of the basement for a short time to make sure that nobody triggered the alarm. No real police were arriving, okay. any of that. Mm -hmm. And then they begin moving throughout the museum. Certainly. Collecting whatever they wish to take. Sure. A total prize, arguably in excess of $500 million. What? $500 million. Whoa! Yeah, because this wasn't just like, this is my cigar box full of beer bottle wrappers from when I was a kid of an art collection. It was a legit collection. We had Vermeer, Rembrandt, Degas, Monet. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And these folks had good taste. They, they were grabbing these things up, and yet at the same time, they missed some of the most expensive pieces there while taking at least two things that were seemingly of almost no value. I have to hand it to the ghost of Isabella Gardner. She had a real art collection happening yes, here. She did. I did not realize, I suppose because of the sort of disrepair the museum had fallen into, I right. thought this was some rinky-dink Hey, from the 1920s, if you've got a bonus 3.2 that you're leaving behind as an endowment, yeah, you're not hurting. Okay, that's fair. Well, as they prepared to leave, the thieves checked one last time in the guards. You guys okay down there? Yeah, pretty much. Getting awkward? Yeah. Why are your pants down? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> they really did check to see if the guards were comfortable down there. Then they went into the security director's office popped out those VHS video cassettes that Dang had right. been recording oh, them. Or were they Betamax? We don't know. It's 1988, so I feel like it, I feel confident saying oh, it was Oh, Betamax VHS. was still around. I don't know. Um, 82 is when it was installed. That's a fair point. Maybe it was Betamax. Anyway, they got those video cassettes that had their uh, images on them while they approached the building. The last record of their presence was the opening of a side door at 2.45 a.m., which means that... $500 million in art was successfully stolen in a mere 81 minutes. That's efficiency. Yeah, it is. It was also the largest museum heist until later surpassed by the Dresden Green Vault burglary in 2019. Which we, we may bring up in a future episode, even if it doesn't match the date, because I'm intrigued by it. We'll see. I thought we already covered it. Maybe it was another The Dresden? Yeah, oh, we've covered heist. a lot of heists. Yeah. So maybe we have. If not, whatever. Yeah, we'll regardless. figure it out. Yeah, we can cover it again. You're not the boss of me. Right. <laughs> Except that I am on this show and in real life. Get back in the basement. Why are your pants down? No, you stop it. Um, when the next shift of minimum wage paid underaged guards arrived, no one responded to let them into the building. Mm. So what do they do? They call the security director. Oh, not the police? No, because when you're only paid minimum wage at a job, you're like, where's the boss? Yes. That's that's your next resort. Not that you're stupid. They only paid you to be so smart. They paid you to say, when things seem a little messed up here, just call right. the boss. They've even written a song about it, I believe, called The Security Director. It's a quite uplifting beat. <laughs> um, you can hear it on some non-denominational Christian radio stations. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they call the security director. He, of course, has keys. He lets himself in. He sees no one inside. So what does he do? He calls the police. No. Oh. Because that's what should have happened. Yes. Police arrive. They search for a time, finally finding the guards in the basement. As is the case in every good heist, then, 
the FBI arrives and immediately takes control using that ever so common power grab of a phrase, jurisdiction, claiming that the artwork would most likely cross state lines. The locals probably weren't too jazzed up to try to figure out why two guards were in the basement with their pants down. And they're like, <laughs> fine, take it. That part, of course, is a generous retelling. Yeah. Once the feds come in, people are like, all right. Here's my pants. I'm out. <laughs> now, the thieves left behind zero, and I do mean zero. Zero. Conclusive evidence. No footprints. How? I'm curious about why that statement was included. I included it because what I read included it. Yeah. I feel like if you're such a human that you could leave footprints in marble floor, you're a beast. Well, I mean, like shoe prints, though. No shoe prints left in, like, the dirt outside of the museum? It's or? in the middle of Boston, Mass. Is there even dirt in, in the side city limits proper? I'm pretty sure. I was exaggerating a little bit there, but oh, I would assume that there was no dirt around the building. Oh. At least not that you would need to walk through to get to the side door. I was projecting my Oklahoma right? hick sensibility. All our museums Boston. are surrounded by dirt. <laughs> They're out on the prairie. God made dirt. Dirt don't hurt. That's right. You got to hike through the prairie to get to our museum. Yes. And military crawl. Uh, marine crawl, specifically, at some point. I mean, to be fair, we do have museums that sit on, like, they're, they look like private mansions. They're like private yeah. property. It's true. They're on lawns. That's what I was imagining this whole time. Well, anyway, our thieves uh, of the very compulsively clean variety... Left behind no footprints, no hair. Right. They did not stop to groom themselves. No. And there were way too many fingerprints. Just museum. imagine. It's a museum. Of course. Yeah. To even bother going that route. So the St. Patrick's Day revelers who had seen them provided descriptions that were of zero help because yeah. those guys were fall down they drunk. They were shit-faced, drunk, and after all, um, all... What is it? What's this? All white people look the same. The the descriptions they gave were so generic. I literally could have been both of the thieves. Even though your mustache is very real. It's very real. It looks fake to some people. I'm sure it does. Investigators were, in fact, stymied. Stymied they found stymied. themselves by the lack of any strong physical evidence. I, I inserted that word because I, I like the did. word. Yeah, you do. Well, Rick, the veteran 23-year-old who had inexplicably opened and closed the side door, was, of course, immediately investigated. Immediately. Now, he claimed that he regularly did this with the side door to ensure that it was locked. I mean, I do that with the back door often, honestly. You open it and close it? Yeah. I do, too. And then I don't lock it when I've closed it again. I don't know <laughs> what I'm hoping to accomplish there. Yes. Um, plainly, I should put some pants on. Others... On the periphery of all of this, demanded that if this was true, if he really did this, well, it would have showed up on, on, the, on the computer printouts and that his supervisor would have put a stop to this ignorant practice. Sure. Now, an additional little interesting piece of information here mm -hmm. is that art was missing from the Blue Room, mm. but the only activity recorded in the Blue Room was when by the, the infrared sensors, was in fact when Rick himself had been patrolling there. And when Isabella's ghost was wandering the premises. She does not trip the infrared. Oh, that's true, because she's a ghost. Because she's a ghost, okay. and because it's her infrared. That's true. Review Later review of the equipment validated it was operating 
correctly, Good. but Rick maintained his innocence. Mm -hmm. And the FBI ultimately determined that Rick was, quote, too incompetent and too foolish to have pulled off the crime. The same assumption then made of Randy. Ooh, that's just me. The new guy. That's me. Maybe they did. Maybe they masterminded it all. I hope they did. Speaking of masterminds, Whitey Bul Bulger? Bulger. I, I suppose you could Bulger. pronounce it Bulger, but I've heard it audibly, whether it was correctly or incorrectly pronounced as Bulger, Whitey Bulger. We'll do that then. Whitey Bulger, head of the Winter Hill Gang, was one of the most powerful crime bosses. It bosses. What the hell? Bosses in Boston, Mass, at this time. Yes. He was definitely a person of interest. Bulger had connections with not only the Boston Police Department and relations with, but also relations with the uh, Irish Republican Army. The IRA. The old IRA. Now, these two facts, in concert with details of the heist, did somewhat point to him. The investigation, however, never could produce any evidence that could yeah. tie Bulger to the theft. Very simplified terms. The idea was that his connection with the police department would have given him access to the uniforms. Sure. And that the smoke and fire alarms going off in advance of the robbery was somewhat of a signature move of the IRA. Okay. Interesting. Thank you for that tidbit. Yes. So in 1994, an anonymous letter is sent to the museum director. Mm. I think it's a different one by that point. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But ultimately, this letter explained that the artwork had been stolen to use as leverage to reduce a prison sentence for someone. Okay. But that the opportunity had passed, and now they were interested in negotiating a return well, of the what art. what do you know about that? Claiming to be a third-party negotiator, the letter insisted on immunity for the author and for all others involved, and on... $2.6 million that would be sent to an offshore bank account. Of course. The museum was instructed that if they were interested, they should print a coded message in the Boston Globe. Mm -hmm. The writer of the letter included information about the heist known only to the museum staff and the FBI. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now then, with the cooperation of the FBI, that coded message was in fact printed. Thank you, Boston Globe. Thank you, Boston Globe, and thank you, FBI. Well, maybe less. A second letter arrived, but rather than ironing out details of the negotiation, the writer was fearful, explained that they just wanted a little bit more time to evaluate all of their options. Guess what? Never to be heard from again. Yep. So from here, it's a wild ride of just randomness. Okay. You have Brian McDevitt, who was a Boston con man, okay. who'd been, he, he had attempted and failed to rob a different art collection in 1981. Based on the details of that heist, he became a person of interest. Okay. There were, there were just enough similarities that would, and hey, let's be honest, at this point, the FBI's tired of looking like dumbasses, and they're literally looking for anybody just to throw the blame on. Anyone. This is how... Our government agencies work. Patsies. Yeah. Looking for him hard. Well, they they interview him, of course. Of course. And he's he's no 23 or 25-year-old security guard. Uh -huh. He denies any involvement and very intelligently refuses to take a polygraph because they can't make him do it. Can't make him not under arrest yeah. or anything. Now, good for him. 
he later moved to California and ended up in the television and film writing side of Hollywood. Is that true? That is true. Good on you, Brian McDevitt. Yeah. yeah. Do the crime. Don't pay the time. <laughs> in 2013, the year our twins were born, mm -hmm. the FBI reported with a high degree of confidence, I put yes. air quotes around that. Lots of air quotes. With a high degree of confidence that they knew who did it. They believed that the thieves had transported the artwork to Connecticut. Yeah. Some people call it Connecticut. It's, it's more, more fun. Generally known as Connecticut. And Philadelphia. That's in Pennsylvania. Or Philadelphia, which no one says. <laughs> yes. They even attempted to sell some of it back in 2002, which would have been over a decade at that point. But Right. Like, where you been, FBI? Yeah. That seemingly was not the case. Yeah. It didn't happen. 2015, two of the members of this whatever conglomerate that they thought were involved with that, they'd ID'd who they were, but then found them to be deceased. Mm. That's not helpful. Mm -mm. Um, a third huh? name that they'd come across was actually discovered to have been in prison at the time of the robbery. Not bloody likely. Yeah. Over the years, years, of course, that all of this from 1990 to current, that this has been investigated. It's just been a, a circular repeat of this. Someone offers compelling evidence, and usually because they themselves are being arrested on something else ah, or threatened to be arrested yes. on something else, mm. they offer compelling evidence of another person's involvement. Hey, remember that case that's embarrassing you, FBI? Get the FBI on the phone. That case, I have details. Remember that museum heist you feel so awkward about? Right. I've got the answers. Well, they point to someone else, and there are a myriad of organized crime names that get mentioned throughout this. Okay. Um, what repeatedly happens then is that as the FBI looks into it, that other accused person would either have a rock-solid alibi and or be dead. Okay. Well, every, There's no resolution if he's dead. No. Or her. Either way. Could have been a lady involved somehow. Yeah, probably was. Everyone questioned has either denied any knowledge of the affair itself, of the heist, or... They've given leads that ended up being fruitless. Mm -hmm. That's the oldest trick in the book. Yeah. Despite being offered reward money, reduced prison sentences, and any number of other incentives, no works have been recovered. Due to Ms. Isabella's original demands, if you visit the museum, the gallery today, you will find those original frames in their original places. No artwork in them. Absent. You look straight Indeed. through the frame to the wallpaper. Void. It came with the frame. It came with the frame. That's from the Burbs. If you don't know that, you should watch the Burbs. If you do know that, you are our best friends. We insist that you come to visit us in our home immediately. Yes, we will let you watch our children while we go out on a date. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the stupidest offer ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's not appealing? No. Damn. In pop culture, fictional accounts of the heist... On television shows, you have Blind Spot, The Blacklist, which is a great series, The Venture Brothers, which I've never heard of, and The Simpsons. Definitely heard of. Now, most recently, March 11 of this year, Netflix dropped a trailer mm. for their four-part original docu-series that is based on this theft. It is titled, This is a Robbery. The world's biggest art heist. Okay. This will premiere on Wednesday, April 7, 
there remains a $10 million reward for assisting in the recovery of the stolen artwork. So who knows what might happen if any of you awesomes happen to solve it, to provide the assistance that gets the reward. We do request humbly a portion of the reward money because, <laughs> hey, we've alerted you to this. Finder's fee and all that. Yeah. Let me ask you this. First of all, this was a wild ride. Thank you for taking us on this journey today. You're welcome. I have learned so much, mostly that... So much and so little, all at the same time. Mostly that that Isabella Gardner Museum in Boston is haunted. Yeah, plainly. <laughs> plainly. She stole her own shit. Um, let me ask you this. If you could discover somehow, or if you just could wish that one of these cases, one of these two cases would be solved, would you wish for this art heist of this museum to be solved or D.B. Cooper mystery to be solved? D.B. Cooper. I would go, well, there's no, to my knowledge, there's no outstanding reward for D.B. Cooper. Yeah. I would want this case to be solved so that someone, preferably me, or at least shared in it, would receive a portion of the reward. Okay. I have a feeling, though, that whoever's wall or walls that these art pieces reside upon, they are laughing their asses off, just enjoying the art, knowing full well that they will never return it in their lifetime. Never! It's in their their secret room where they move the book on the bookshelf or they twist the sconce on the on the fireplace and it opens and they go in there to rub their hands together like Mr. Burns of The Simpsons and enjoy their art. Yes, indeed, indeed. That's okay. what I would do. Well, certainly, yes. I'd like to have a home someday with a secret entry to a secret room. Let me ask you this. Okay. If you currently had $10 million. Mm -hmm. So you don't need $10 million. You already have $10 million. Yeah. And you possessed pieces of the art in your private collection. Would you just enjoy the art and laugh or would you turn it in for another 10 million? Oh, I'd turn it in. Why? Uh, because money is more okay. conducive to my personal enjoyment of life than okay. art is. You would, you would do it and then spend... 150000 to have someone paint replicas and enjoy them just the same? Absolutely. Okay. I'm not I, against that. I am a hillbilly from the sticks of Oklahoma. Yeah. Give me the money every time. Give me the money. Just hire some redneck with a paintbrush and let's get it going. Look at the artwork behind us on the walls. Well, my, my most of our create, artwork is children. Mm, child my children create the only artwork yes. I care about. We have a sweatshop in the basement. We keep those kids cranking out the artwork <laughs> like it's their J-O-B. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's probably time. I don't have any trending. Do you have any trending? I've got nothing trending okay. for you. That's fine. Um, not every day deserves a trending. Not every day I read things trending. that are trending. They suck. And so I didn't feel like bringing them up. Okay. I probably missed. Somebody's yelling right now at their phone because I missed something that didn't suck. And I'm sorry. I, I don't catch all things. Damn you. I please few of the people... None of the time, however that phrase goes. That's yes. what I do. Okay. Um, so it's time for Whirl, a watch, read, listen, lifestyle. Okay. What are we watching? This, no one on this planet is more surprised than I am by this. Except for me, perhaps. No, it was your idea. Which surprises me. As we leisurely smoked a nice cigar after dinner last night... You offered up out of the freaking clear blue sky. Yeah, or dark sky because it was nighttime. Yes, that if I really wanted to, you would endure and even 
jovially participate in. At least pretend like I enjoy it. Yes, a rewatch of Lost, my favorite television yeah. series of all time. It's not a small investment. No, it's not. It's six seasons. It's old-fashioned seasons with 22 episodes a season for the most part. It's a commitment. That's how much I love you. I have begged you in the past to do I know. a Lost rewatch. I'm just, I'm just saying that... I know. This is the context for this. I know. It's okay. All of a sudden, out of the blue. So, hell yeah, we did. I found it on the Hulu. I couldn't offer before because I knew I couldn't complete it before. Okay. I've reached a point of maturation mm. that allowed me to believe I can do this. Okay. And, to and be, so I offered. To be fair, there was one condition. Yes. If I fall asleep during an episode, it's over? It's over. Forever? Forever. Okay. Who fell asleep first last night? Um, oh, well, I did, and I have no shame about that because the stipulation wasn't on me. <laughs> Literally with, what was it, like 30 seconds left in the episode, yeah. I was like, here's the remote, and then it was over. So we watched part one and part two of the two-part pilot mm -hmm. of Lost. I have watched the pilot more than a or few times. pilote, as the French would say. Oh, okay. Um, it's a place of comfort and nurturing for me, even though it's very tense. I was going to say, that's interesting that it's comfort because it's a real butt-clenching ride. Yes. I, and I know what's going to happen so much it doesn't make me butt-clench anymore. I appreciate the fine details like the music, mm -hmm. like the different character details, the... the um, uh, indications of where the series is heading in total towards the end. I was surprised, delighted, and I certainly yeah. couldn't say no to a Lost Rewatch. And for anybody out there that wants to mirror the rewatch with us, you only have two episodes to catch up yeah, on. It's just you could binge that and a couple more tonight, and you'll you'll be on track with us. It is 22 episodes per season. The good news is, is that this was in the old days when you created 40 minutes of television for a 60-minute slot mm -hmm. because commercials were added in. So each episode does go by fairly quickly for a drama series, honestly. Yes. So there's that. Right now, ignoring everything you know about Lost, and I know that's hard, but if you could ignore everything and just focus on these first two episodes, what character do you love and what character do you hate? Um, I love Hurley. Yep. And you got to freaking hate Sawyer. He's such an asshole from the beginning. You literally picked the two I would have. Okay. Which is... Perhaps comforting, perhaps scary. I loved Hurley all the way till the bitter end, and of course Sawyer grew on me over time. He, they, they allowed him some redemption. Absolutely. But that's not what's happened yet. we no. got to stay in the moment. Yes. Okay. Well, for reading, uh, plainly, one does not read when doing a rewatch of Lost. That's so right. there's nothing there. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to listen to something... Celebrate Queen Latifah on her birthday. Go over to Spotify. They have a This Is Queen Latifah playlist. Put it on play. You won't be sorry. Or you might be. It well, depends. It'll get, you, it'll get you in your groove for the day. I don't know. I do not know. I would not be so bold as to make that claim. Okay. In any event, lifestyle. So understanding the time-space continuum and the fact that we record episodes the day before they actually air. Mm. Then understand that as we are recording this, it is St. Patrick's Day for us. Top of the morning to you. And we are enjoying, yeah, top of the freaking morning. We're enjoying Natter Jack Irish whiskey today. We are. You picked this up at our local booze shop. Mm -hmm. Natter Jack Irish whiskey. It is triple distilled Irish whiskey from Gortonor Distillers. Perhaps. 
It's delightful. We don't drink a lot of Irish whiskey, which is a shame, but Irish whiskey to me is so, generally speaking, so much of a smoother drink than it can be. a scotch. It can well, be. I guess it depends on the scotch. We like a, we like a bitey, burny, peaty, yeah. bold scotch. Which Conamara is a, is a, which I mentioned in the the Awesome Today Facebook group, yeah. uh, because Awesome Shell had put up a, a list, I think, I can't remember if it was 15 or 20 different Irish whiskeys to consider trying. Yeah. I'd added that one because I didn't see it on the list. I don't think this was on the list, and that was part of the reason why I chose it, because I wanted to I wanted to get a hold of something that I hadn't had, I hadn't heard of. Um, it is it is incredibly smooth. It's so smooth it's and sweet. drinkable. Yeah, it's so sweet. There's just the mildest. It's not even a throat burn. It's no. a chest burn. Yeah. And this is definitely what what one would qualify as a value buy. Yes. Is it thirty bucks. Thirty dollars for this little it's, jug. It's worthwhile. Very worthwhile. I'm deeply impressed. I'm I'm thinking, why don't we get more Irish whiskey? I don't know. But this one's great. It has a big old ugly bullfrog on the yeah. label. That was part of your It's aggressive. Buying it's aggressive. Right? He scared me and he bullied me into buying his whiskey. Well, I'm about to chain you up in the basement. It feels right. Just take my pants. <laughs> the it's a little I understand at this point as you're hearing this. It's a day late for St. Patrick, but appreciate that it's never too late for the Irish. Slancha. Try it out. Yes. Anything else? I think that's it. That's everything? Yeah. Right. Go be awkward. Go forth and be awkward, be you guys. awkward and have an awesome awkward today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. If you ever successfully pull off a heist, don't expect to be congratulated. In order to be congratulated, you must first be identified. If you are identified, then your heist wasn't successful. It's tricky. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.